1964, Disney created four premier attractions for the New York World's Fair. And while some still have homes at the parks, perhaps no innovation was more integral to the future of WED than what they discovered leading up to that summer. Corporate sponsorships. 45 years later, and the relationships built that summer were still leading to an era-defining update to Epcot. This week on Slice of Disney, Test Track. Hello. The seatbelt check is around the corner. For your safety, remain seated with your seatbelt fastened and your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. And please supervise children. Thank you. La estación de control de cinturones de seguridad está a la vuelta de la esquina. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney obsessed enthusiast and real life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney goer and real life Mario Kart champion. Dun, 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 dun. Wait, you did. <laughs> I'll drop that in. If you heard it, it was dropped in. Because uh, I, you know, I thought about going defensive driver because I am a defensive driver. But you know what's more fun? Mario Kart, where you get to be super offensive, unless you're in first place, and then you hold a green shell behind you the whole time, and that's playing defense. So, oh, that's really smart. I've never thought about that. That's why I'm good at it. Oh man. Well, uh, what character are you usually? Well, listen. Everybody usually goes Yoshi. That's the easiest one because it gets you pretty consistent He's speed. Medium. It's not that hard to get up to his speed, but if you're pretty confident in your abilities, I think you got to go with like one of the heavier characters, like a DK, mm. and you just don't make mistakes, and ultimately you get going faster. So uh, I, I think I usually go with like a DK or Bowser. Nice. Yeah. I usually do the bike. That's like my one. I always like use a bike. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I'm usually playing 64. I haven't really done the one with the bikes too much. So, you know, uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm more old school. Yeah, I'm an old man. <laughs> well, um, have you been on Test Track? I have not, but I have been on Cars, which yeah, is well, why we're doing Test Track. It is. So um, originally we were going to do Cars because Will keeps being like, let's do Cars, let's do Cars. And mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to, but there's it doesn't make sense for us to start at Cars when the history is truly at Test Track. I think that that's right. And I'm excited to learn more about it because I don't know much about it. I do think, to fully answer your question, I do think I went to... Uh, Epcot when Test Track was open. Um, I'm pretty sure I remember my sister going on Test Track, um, but I think I was too young or too scared of fast things. So Both make sense to me. Um, If you don't know what Test Track is, Test Track is a high-speed slot car dark ride um, in Future World at Epcot in Disney World. It's a perfect combination, like we've talked about with cars, of fun and like ride an attraction and then thrill right at the end yeah it's got uh, you know i having watched the youtube videos as i do um i watched both the current version which we'll talk about a little bit later i'm sure and the old school version um and it does have that part like leading into it where you have a little bit of a dark ride where there's a couple of different things that are going on and then yes. zoom. give me that og baby very fun seemed very cool this is uh my brother's favorite attraction this is a long time favorite of mine and so I'm very excited. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i excited too. Especially because, uh, you know, it, it, this could have been one of those rides that's just like, and then they had this idea and they made it and it was cool. Like some of the more modern rides are a little bit that way. They don't have like yeah. a rich history of development. Yeah. <laughs> but this one ties all the way back to the World's Fair, uh, which is shocking because it didn't actually open until later. So Much later. Yeah. But I love that. No, yeah, me too. I think it's awesome. So let's go back. Let's do it. All the way. 
All the way back. To April 1964. The opening of the much-anticipated World's Fair in Talked about Queens, it a lot on New this. York. We do. We end up talking about it because so many attractions and so much innovation started at the World's Fair. The World's Fair was really a chance for Walt to show people what the Imagineers were capable of. Yeah. And so, breaking it down by numbers, there's 140 pavilions, 80 nations, 24 states, and 45 corporations that created exhibits and attractions to show how far we've come in technology. I guess it makes sense that there were uh, 45 corporations uh, in only 24 states, so more corporations than states. But then again, that's what I was saying. Like That kind of makes sense. Yeah, because they're the ones with the money, honey. Yeah, and they're the ones I want to show off. <laughs> Except for uh, we had we had to make sure we got uh, we in one of the Disney ones, which was still sponsored by state, the state of Illinois. Yeah, you know, just doing a whole thing about Abraham Lincoln. There you go. Um, there you go. But yeah, I feel like uh, it was attended. I want to go back to a little more numbers. It excites me. Um, you love your numbers. I do, even though I don't really. Yeah, like, they don't love you, but you love them. Yes, yeah. that that's makes sense. Um, over a hundred, or I kept writing that, and then when I was writing this, I kept writing 151. I was like, "That's not right." That's the number of Pokemon. 151 Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, only after Mewtwo. That's true. Um, <laughs> that was a good tangent. Um, attended by over 51 million people, Walt's attractions were definitely, you know, ones that everyone remembered. Everyone wanted to go to. They were a hot ticket item, um, and one of the Biggest hits at the fair, but I feel like they all say they were all big hits, but this one seems like people loved it. Um, yeah, look, here's the thing. No one's going to go back in time and check any of these things, so everyone, I'm sure, is like, yeah, we, yeah, we sure, <laughs> uh, uh, the Walt Disney ones were, a lot of people like those, but they liked ours even more. It's crazy. Yes. Um, well, Walt and the Ford Motor Company made Magic Skyway, and the idea was it was 50 uh, motorless Ford convertibles, and it would take guests through like seeing the dinosaurs and cavemen. And it's what you see if you're at Disneyland and you're taking the train around the park. Mm. You get to see some of the attractions that they saw on this Magic Skyway. Disneyland? Yes. I don't remember seeing those. That's cool. It's, I, I, I very, I've been on the train once, so what? I'm excited. Yeah. I love trains. <laughs> we got to go. All right. Um, and and it, it's basically like the, the mechanics of it are kind of a quick glimpse at what the people mover would become. Okay. And we'll get to the people mover one day. Sure. It's a very iconic attraction. Um, but this was, people loved this. And we, you know, something we talk about on this podcast quite a bit is uh, Walt's love of trains. AKA, we do, we do. We, you know, it comes up, mm -hmm. um, a.k.a. transportation. Yeah. And it seems like to Walt, transportation was like a big topic on his mind. Whether it was his love of trains and, you know, something he obsessed over, wanted a ton of, or the fact he wanted to build an entire city all because he hated traffic. And I mean, it seems like a dream living in L.A., <laughs> you know? I, well, and that's where he lived was Los Angeles, and he could not get past how bad the traffic was. And so for him, it was like, I know a better way. And so I'm going to make my own city with no traffic and everything will move in this way and it'll you know i hate cars and if you want to bring your car you can but it's going to cost you a ton of money love that so you have to take these trains instead so when you're talking about that city are you talking about epcot i am talking about epcot okay cool. correct um and so now if we're in epcot 
If we are. Yeah, flash forward, we're in the future a little bit from 1964. We're in kind of the very late 60s to the early 70s when they are working on building Epcot. Sure. Not Walt's original idea. Which uh, was the Utopia City. Yes. Yeah. Instead, it's like, yeah, we're gonna, we want to make money. We're going to make a theme park. Yeah. Uh, inspired by his ideas. Sure. But not doing his actual ideas. And they knew when they were building this out, there was going to be a bunch of different pavilions and they knew they were going to have a transportation pavilion. Obviously. Obviously. But they were having trouble uh, picking a sponsor. So, But they had worked with Ford before. They had worked with Ford before. And back in the day, like now Disney just has so much money, they just make their own rides. They don't need sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I think is so interesting about this because there is like a, there's a pretty good chunk of time. There's a pretty good era, I think, between like, it seems like to me, having been on this podcast for a little bit, um, it does feel like between like the 1975, maybe 70, up through like the late 1990s is really when like it's not surprising to be like, oh, and then Energizer sponsors this <laughs> uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah, who, who did sponsor Indiana Jones? I think it was AT&T, maybe. I think it was. It yeah, was AT&T. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you, and as someone that didn't go to the parks during that time that much, um, you know, that it has been very shocking to me because now I go and I'm like, I don't see corporate sponsorships here. So I think that's kind of cool. Um, I, it's fun to hear about this, like, oh, the original, the, like, uh, we need money, so. And the whole idea of, like, if you go back to our Club 33 episode, we talked about it. That Yeah. yeah like, the reason, one of the reasons they think it's called Club 33 is because they made Club 33 for the sponsors. Right. And they were originally 33 sponsors. Yeah. And I think about this in Epcot, um, The Land, which is where Soren and Living with the Land is now. And it used to be sponsored by Nestle. I don't think it is anymore. But I always felt like seeing a sponsorship cheapened it. Yeah, that's how I would feel about it too. Even though, I mean, it's not. It's the same. Yeah, but still. Kind of. I yeah. mean, it does. It kind of takes you out of the magic. But why? not to divert too far, they're trying to find one at this time. So who, is, yeah, who, who are they looking at? Yeah, because at the time, they were not able to have the money to do their own attractions. They had to have sponsorships. And... Um, you know, you all, all they had to do, the sponsors, pay for it. And then they'd say, hey, slap your name on it. And, you know, you can have some say in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they had more say than Disney wanted them to have, but that's okay. Sure. Um, and then, yes, yeah, it's some way the attraction or um, exhibit or whatever it would be would have something to do with the sponsor. Who'd they get? Um, so, in 1976, Disney was approached by General Motors. Mm-hmm. GM. We're probably going to say GM a lot. It's quicker um, <laughs> um about sponsoring this transportation pavilion and fun fact which is wild to me uh walt and gm had already crossed paths before because during the 1964 world's fair even though disney had four of the hottest attractions in the curb the hottest attraction of all at the world's fair was gm's futurama interesting what was what was it well it's a show about robot i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> Um, it was so futurama was a exhibit slash ride that was presented a possible future of what like in 20 years things would look like and so it was um basically a lot of automated highways and vast suburbs okay so it's not that far off i guess from uh, well, no, I guess it is. It's, it's looking towards the future. I was thinking it's not that far off from the Carousel Progress type stuff, but it is Yeah, different. of the City of yeah. Tomorrow that they had on top of yeah, the Carousel Progress. That go. kind of reminds me of this. Um, but for whatever reason, this was a huge, huge hit. You know, I've got, uh, who doesn't want to go to New York and then get transported? 
ported to the magical space of suburbs, you know? I, <laughs> I also do think, for real, though, the idea in the 50s and 60s of what they thought the future would look like oh, yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And now that we're kind of in that futuristic time and none of that's happening, it's like, what do we think the future could possibly be? Like the Jetsons and stuff, like that uh, depiction of what the future could be is like way cooler than the real future. So far it is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, I also think it's cool. Uh, quick t- tangent. Um, the video game Fallout, that series, is set in a future where, like, a uh, nuclear war happened in the 1950s. And so, like, everything is kind of futuristic, but also based off 1950s technology. So it's kind of like this cool little, like, all the screens are pretty, like, analog, but they also, like, have nuclear energy and stuff. It's kind of neat. So oh, that actually sounds yeah. really cool. It's kind of the opposite version of like in the fifties, they were like, we're going to have flying cars. And now in the future, we're like, but what if in the fifties we were in the future? So well, anyways. is fallout the one with the little, like, it's like a boy with blonde hair. Yes. Is the logo. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, well, we're not in the fifties. We're, we're in like the seventies. Yeah. Um, and so they went with GM. Yeah. So GM wanted to make sure that Ford didn't stand a chance at the sponsorship. So they were like, hey, yes, we want it. We're going to go ahead and offer you a 10-year deal. Like, they really went hard to make sure that they got this deal. Yeah. And so they made a deal in 1977 to be the sponsor for the transportation pavilion. And this made them the first company to sign on as a sponsorship for the new Epcot. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So construction began really quickly, um, and the original idea was that the pavilion was going to have two attractions. One was going to be an Omnimover dark ride that was going to go through the history of transportation, and the other was going to be this outdoor attraction based on General Motors' Milford Proving Ground. Right. I looked this up. So the Milford Proving Ground is the industry's first dedicated automobile testing facility that opened in 1924. So I didn't even know car. I mean, I probably should know this, but I was like, cars were around then? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I didn't know they had like testing facilities back then. It's like, no one should know that. They did have cars back then. <laughs> like, when did cars come? Actually, like, 1910 fair, or something? I don't know. Um, but regardless. This is I, not a car podcast. This is a Disney podcast. That's right. Um, but they did. So they were like, we need we're in two attractions. One is going to kind of basically be sort of that futuristic look that we've talked about before. And one will be... Um, uh, testing grounds. Well, not a futuristic. It's going to go through all the history. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was thinking it was like back to sort of what their Futurama plan was. So this is a back sort of a little bit more towards that. Yeah, this is more going through. We started with like, you know, a buggy and horse and I see, on I see. foot and, yeah. you know, just going through and then what it could look like. So but kind yeah. of spaceship or It's very much so like a spaceship but specific Earth. to transportation. But instead of technology, instead of a communication, which is spaceship Earth, right. this was... Transportation. Gotcha. Um, and due to budgets, because of course it's Disney, and we always have a budget problem, um, they decided to dedicate the entire pavilion to the Omnimover Dark Ride. And the shell of the you know, building was like, all oh, going to be this one right now. Gotcha. Um, and they shelved the other, the testing ground one. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they focused on this, and this was going to be one, the biggest showroom in Future World. And this huge ride and it was going to be called world of motion. And so you're going to see a bunch of audio animatronics. Um, and like, I think the best way to say is it is uh, spaceship earth, but 
instead for transportation. And this was considered, I mean, an incredible ride. We're going to do... So it did. It did get made. This one did, yeah. World of Motion did get made. I don't think I ever went on it, but I, in researching it, which we'll definitely do an episode on, this was a huge hit. This is considered one of the best attractions Epcot's ever seen. Really? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, people loved it. And looking at some of the videos of it, it looked awesome. Okay. Uh, really, really detailed. Um, it, a lot of like whimsy and... Uh, I love whimsy. You love whims? Yeah, why you not? You just like a little whimsy. Sure. Um, and, you know, it was kind of funny. I think the guy who kind of led the project was an animator and he never worked on another project again. He was like, well, this was my one and done and it was great. Thank That's you. That's cool. I respect that. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll get to World of Motion another day because okay. it does sound like a really cool attraction. Um, but it, the end would conclude with us seeing like what products in, are in development at GM because again, it's all about GM. Yeah, but yeah. this wasn't really an attraction focused on GM. It was a history of transportation itself um, just sponsored by GM. Gotcha. So things are going really well. We're in 1992 and Disney is thriving at this point. This was the golden era, you know, for Disney. And so this would be, if it's 92, that is going to be what, 15 years after the original signing of the contract? 1977? 10-year contract? Yes, but the, like, because it opened with Epcot and Epcot opened in 82. Oh, I see. So now they're coming so up to the expiration the 10 date year, of, gotcha. yeah. It was a 10-year contract, 82 to 92. I see. And Disney, oof, they are making all that money. Yeah. GM, not so much. Oh, poor well, guys. They're not doing well. They're doing so bad. Uh, it was after the first Persian Gulf War and there was the recession. And GM reported losing $23.5 billion. That's a lot of money, especially back then. Oof. That's so much money. <laughs> and Disney's like, oh, that's cute. We're over here. We're just actually making billions of dollars. Yeah. Um, but GM like, is... How about that contract renewal, yeah. mm -hmm. guys? Well, they're unable to do a 10-year because they just don't have the money. Right, right, right. So they're like, okay, well, why don't we go ahead and just commit to a one-year deal? So mm -hmm. that's what they did in 1993. But under one condition. What was the condition? Which seems like a lot for you a one-year contract. You have to give us more money because we're broke? Basically, no. No. <laughs> um, the condition was that they wanted to be able to promote GM, the brand, instead of the history of transportation. I see. So because a little bit like the GE uh, conversations, right, around Carousel of Progress, yes. where they're like, what if you talk more about us being great? Yes, why are, like, we, why are we singing a song about the future <laughs> when... People need G our products now. G is great now. Yes, yeah. let's talk about now. This is what happens with corporate sponsorships. Maybe that's why they don't do them as much anymore. A, uh, I would like that. Um, and but they, they wanted a completely new attraction. They were like, I know you built this beautiful thing that people love and it's huge and very intricate and a lot of work, but we don't care if we are going to work together. We want a whole new attraction. And they're like, okay. But that seems bizarre for that to be a condition for a one year contract. Cause there's no way that gets done in one year. Yeah, I think it was more like that one year was kind of going by and then they realized they could get more money. I see. And so, okay, let's sign another 10-year deal. Oh, okay. So there was another one that came on. That's when they started. That makes sense. Yeah. And so the Imagineers pitched this idea and they had a feeling that GM was really going to like it because they had, they had already pitched it to them and they already really liked it. <laughs> okay. I love that. I it, love that. Yeah, concept. really I, smart. That's how I get through work most of the time. It's like, let me just... <laughs> 
oh, this idea you had three months ago, I'll just bring it back up and I know it's going to be a hit. Because you thought of it, yeah. yeah. Um, so they brought up the idea that they shelved from the 10 years uh, previous the attraction based on GM's own Milford Proving Ground. That makes sense. And GM was like, oh my God, we love this idea. This is brilliant because, yeah, we... I don't even know if they remembered thinking yeah, of it, but they're yeah, like, yeah. this idea is so good. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and renew for 10 years. Thank you. There's one person in that boardroom I know that had to remember it and be like, that was, why is no one, it was my idea. And then they go home and they're yeah. like, well, like, like, what's the point anymore? What's wrong, Harold? Well, it's, you know. <laughs> and I, I get, uh, nobody listens to me at work. And I'm picturing it like all in Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, aesthetic. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they pitch at Milford Proving Ground and they're like, let's do it. That's great. Yes. So this new attraction was going to open in 1997. Um, and the world of motion would have its final ride January 2nd, 1996. So they shut down the one. It, did they shut down the one to, to open the other one effectively? It sounds like. They had to shut it down because they had to completely take out everything. I mean, they're making a completely new attraction. I see. So everything was going to have to go. Really fun fact that I, it's like a little funny. Um, the world of motion broke down halfway through its final ride. Oh. And the execs had to like walk off of the attraction because the last final ride was all like the. Yeah, like the GM the ex- execs, right? Yeah. That's And then that's they had funny. to work and you're like, oh. And in my head, I'm like, why wouldn't you just fix it so they could ride it properly for the last time? But. Yeah, but also like. That's, you know, how it depends on how much you had to fix, right? I mean, if it was like a simple thing like they do on the daily date, I'm sure they would have fixed it. But if it was like an actual, well, we're not going to like spend that much many resources on it. It was the last ride anyways. So. Uh, RIP. Yeah. A ride I never rode. But we're going to, I'm excited to research it because after Excited this, to see if there's a YouTube video of it. There is. That's it's great. really cool. Cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So um, they had begun to build this new attraction already actually in 1995, even though it's January 96. They went ahead and built part of it because they knew part of it was going to go outside. Oh, okay. And since the ride, this current World of Motion attraction was just the indoor dark ride, yeah. they were able to go ahead and start construction. Ooh, I think I know what this uh, ride they're building might be. <laughs> well, I feel like you should because we mentioned it maybe. Rise of the Resistance. Yes, yes, this, that's it. <laughs> Um, so two months after World of Motion closed, the entire pavilion was gutted, and this huge track was installed. So big, 5,246 feet of track. Wow. That's huge. That's like a mile. Is it? Just about. I think, five, I, I think pulling off the top of my head, 5,280. Okay, pause and check it. 5,280. Wow. Yeah, I got to think with numbers. Dang, that's impressive. Yeah. And this almost mile ride um, was going to basically be a slot car system. What happens with that is that the car is riding along a track attached to a rod that underneath what looks like the road is the, all the actual system. And so um, that part underneath is like where the computer is and where uh, okay. all of the actual stuff is moving. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about a ride like this before. The monorail is the closest. Okay. Maybe that's what it was then. Yeah. The monorail is like the closest thing that functions this way. And this is a really, this okay. is actually kind of an, this is the first time that they've used this. And I think like invented this kind of gotcha. attraction. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 
these vehicles were going to be really, really big, really powerful, 250 horsepower motors, and they had so much processing power. It's more than a space shuttle. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that hard to believe? It is hard to believe. Hmm. Each ride vehicle has more processing power than the thing that has to go up into space. Yeah. I wonder if that's, though, I, that's got to be just because, like, they designed a lot of that space shuttle stuff back when the space program was, like, really big, right? Like, because I bet, like, I bet if you really got into it, I don't know, but I bet if you did, the, uh, like, PlayStation 5 probably has just as much processing powers as, like, the first space shuttle. Oh, wow. That's really weird to think about. Yeah. I bet you're right. Yeah, I don't know. Let, I mean, let's those... not look that one up. Let's just, let's yeah. just uh, false information coming at you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're just giving Listeners, you... if you know, uh, tell us. us yeah, we're just making stuff up yeah. now. Um, but it was very powerful. These things were going to be built to last, too. 140 miles a day. Wow. That's how much these cars are going to go. And they're built so that they can go at least a million. That's basically my commute in LA. Hey. No, it's not not true. Not true. Basically. Um, Yeah. But that is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And they were going to go for a million miles. So there's a lot of time. Yeah. These vehicles, I mean, they, because it's not just a car, right? It looks like a car, but it's really. But they actually like have actual tires and stuff on it that are actually doing stuff. Uh That's interesting. That's because I, is that the case with uh, Radiator Springs Racers? Do they have actual wheels? Yes. Entire, huh. Yeah. I never, I never look at that part. So it's, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's basically the same. Um, just with a different theme. Yeah. I'll get to the tire facts. In a minute, I wheel. know. I just, I wheel. just, yeah. There, well, we're almost there actually, because we're kind of getting into this because originally the cars were going to go 95 miles per hour, mm-hmm. which is really fast. That is very fast. Especially for something that's not a roller coaster. Yeah. And not working on like kinetic energy. This yeah. is just. Oh yeah. Sure. It's just like pure. Yeah. Horsepower. Yeah. yeah. And these are electric motors too. So. This is an Autopia, which goes like, I think, 10 miles an hour or something. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very slow. Uh, But because of safety reasons and Florida speed limit being 65, they decided, you know what, we're going to keep it there. Where'd they keep it? 65 miles per hour. 65, gotcha, gotcha. Actually, I think when you finish, it's like 64.9. Oh, so close. Yeah, but I think it is like 65. I don't know. They just like have the sign that says 64.9. Still pretty pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know uh, a fun like whip around yeah. uh, speed speed right there. And uh, this GM announced this to people and people were so excited about this attraction. That's funny. The good old days. Of what? Of people getting excited about an attraction like this. I feel like now people get excited about like IP stuff coming to the parks, right? Um, whereas this was just like, we're gonna have a car. It's gonna go so fast, guys. It's gonna be very cool. And people are like, oh my God, a car. A car. I mean, it's. The hype was. I, 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 agree. I describe it as the good old days because I do think that there's something that's very, like, uh, admirable and, and missed about something that's, like, simple enough to this, like, it's gonna be cool. It's just this concept and we're gonna execute on it great. And everyone's like, that sounds awesome. I think this is the perfect example of something that is, seems simple. You know, you're going to be in a car and it's going to be like you're testing it out to see if it's safe for the road. That sounds like a simple concept, but the amount of work that has to go into that to mani- like manipulate the car into doing these things sure, is a lot. I bet so. More I mean, work than most, you know, than a lot of attractions. Yeah. So they're building this. Even so, we're on tires now. Okay, a, okay. Uh, Goodyear, who had made the tires for the attraction, decided... Um, they had they they made these, but they were having a lot of issues with the tires because they would burn out uh, by a week. 
I guess, uh, because they're going so many miles and going so quick and kind of starting stopping. Yeah. Yeah. And because of all the tests and then the big, you know, quick speed and how many times in order for the attraction, you know, they talk a lot about like how many people they can get in per hour with every attraction in order to get all of that. These cars are running a lot. Yeah. So, um, Goodyear had to completely redesign their tires so that they, instead of lasting one week, they can last a month now. That's still not very long. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, that still seems like so much money because tires are so expensive. Yeah. But I mean, not compared to Disney, but. Yeah. I mean, like, compared to Disney on the individual consumer, I mean, like, for Disney, they're probably like, oh, these tires are going to run us out of business. Um, right. But. I wonder, like, I, I like I never you you watch some Formula F one racing or something, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like NASCAR. You always see like the pit stops where they like change tires out like mid race. So like I guess there probably is something to like you do enough high speed stuff. Yeah, you just got to keep them keep them changed. F one, they yeah they change the tires uh, a couple times in a race, and you can't keep the same tires the whole time. So, because certain ones make you go faster. Mm. So there's like hard, medium, and soft. Cool. So depending on what kind of track you're on, depending on where you are in the race, and like you kind of choose when to use what to help. That's neat. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. Who knew? Tires. Who knew tires? We got lamps. If you want more, if you want to know more about tires, <laughs> uh, check out our Patreon. Yay. Um, I think we are watching Cars this month, actually. Nice, nice. I haven't checked the poll yet. But okay, we got the tires fixed. But now there's a bigger issue while they're building out this ride. I know. There's always something. Um, And so now the issue is that in order to run the highest hourly capacity possible, they needed 29 ride vehicles. Okay. But the problem is the software they installed into the ride vehicles could only handle running six cars at once. Wow, that is not close no it is not (laughs) this ended up being a huge issue along with some other tech issues and weather induced power surges which meant that they would have to wait for over an hour for the software to reboot oh wow yeah okay sure yeah and the software um was made by a third party yeah that's interesting that it's a third party because it feels like they're i wouldn't say outsourced but like clearly they've got like what good year working on tires this is co-sponsored with gm i guess they're using their software from somewhere else too and i'm sure that's you know typical for a lot of attractions be like well there's experts that know how to design this type of stuff so we're gonna but um i tend to not hear about all these from like um independent parties that are kind of working on these things before so uh yeah makes sense third party software in here uh hey third party Let's What's get happening? That, let's get this up from six to twenty nine. Unfortunately, instead they said, "You know what? We're just going to do it ourselves." Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet when they like sent that uh, letter or electronic mail, if they had it back then, I don't remember. The emails. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Uh, they're like, "Can we get this up from six to twenty nine? They're probably like, "No." <laughs> they're like, okay. Like, let's do okay, it we got. This was going to be a huge like setback for Disney mm-hmm. because they they were on their timeline of releasing this. In 97, like, they felt really good about it, but this was just such a big setback that they can't operate the ride if they don't have the software. If you can only do six at a time Oof, or whatever it might be. It's just not realistic. Yeah. So um, instead, um, everything, I think this is funny when you think about it. They're so ready to go that the queue is completely done. The pre-show is done. The gift shop, the merch is already made. They're already selling merch in the parks of Test Track stuff. That, like, that doesn't surprise me a single bit. <laughs> yeah, but then they couldn't get Frozen stuff made. I mean, that's true. That is a good point. Yeah. Uh, if you 
didn't know we've mentioned it before, but Frozen is a very fun topic for us because they thought it was going to be a complete fail so they didn't make merch and yeah. then it became so big they're like oh we have to make lots of merch very quickly and, and then it now it's so while. much merch yeah it's everywhere <laughs> i almost turned that on today no yeah. you should i probably should i was i was like cleaning up and i was like eh, i need something on the background that might be fun i didn't but oh, it was close i could have gone for that oh well um back to test track back to test track which elsa is not on surprisingly they have not added elsa to test track yet they had to change the sign. There was a big sign out front that this they had commissioned some really like good artists, like some fancy artists, to paint this like beautiful mural mm. um, that said "Opening Summer 1997." Instead, so they like painted over it and just wrote like "Opening Soon." That yeah, makes sense. And yeah, they're doing the best they can. Yeah, these Imagineers worked endlessly to program all of this software for each individual ride vehicle. So instead of having like one system that could handle all the cars they had to individually program each car interesting so that the ride could do all 29 at once i can't imagine how much work that is we've talked about some of the past imagineers and how they would just sleep at the studio and how that basically was their home yeah i have to imagine this is the same thing and it's interesting because i I never would think about i mean I'm, i'm sure this is the case more often than not these days but like uh, the like software development programming side of things to be what I don't associate that with an Imagineering team as much, right? Yeah. Because I think more the creative side and the creative solutions and stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm sure as attractions become more and more electronic, there is the division of it that just specifically works on like coding and developing stuff. So I would bet that's more of it than the creative side now. Yeah, I bet so for sure, which is uh, a bummer, but, you know. That's the way the world works. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Do you know that movie? Do you know that movie? I know that phrase, but I don't think I know that, mo- that movie. It's from Bruce Almighty. Oh, I've seen that. But I just watched it randomly this week. So, because um, we're back. I think that was made in the 90s or something. Mm. Um, and so uh, this took this process took over a year to for them to make. I mean, it was a long process. So December 1998, the attraction had a soft opening, but it was just limited you know, to some crowds, mostly cast members and some VIP guests and stuff. That makes sense because they, they, they had programmings that would allow for them to do some. It's just that they couldn't reach the capacity that yeah. made sense to have it open. Yeah, but so it was... So a soft opening. Oh my God, it was prone on. to so many breakdowns. Yeah. And the ride usually was only open two to three hours a day mm. because they were having so many issues wow. with it. So they got to go back... It was four more months of the nitty gritty working on every little detail to make this ride run smoothly because it was so complex. And finally, dun da 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 da, Test Track officially opened March 17th, 1999. Just about 45 years after the World's Fair. Just about being like March when the World's Fair opened in like the summer. So, is that really 45 years? Maybe not 35. Yeah, that's like- if it's 35, I'm gonna have to go back and re record your intro. <laughs> um, Let me see. It uh, is thirty-five. It's thirty-five. That math is wrong. Just about, just about thirty-five years after it. Well, no, you said forty-five. Yeah. We even recorded the intro where you made we me did. say forty-five. I know. Remember how earlier you were so good at numbers? And I know. The, <laughs> figuring you know, out that was a mile. <laughs> everybody needs a narrative arc, and mine is uh, <laughs> my comeuppance on the numbers. Oh, that's really we're funny. we're leaving. We're gonna leave the forty five in the in the intro. No, uh, you... I think we should. Uh, everybody can laugh at me. It's fun. Oh my goodness gracious! Great balls of fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, talking about some more numbers, this is pretty crazy. So 
Disney NGM will not have not released how much this attraction costs. It's like very hush hush, but it is estimated that it was between 200 and 300 million dollars, which is insane. And in fact, I don't think that that can be true. It probably is true. But the reason I don't is because, um, as I've added a little note in here, um, the uh, Expedition Everest uh, in 2006, 2006 became like the most expensive attraction ever opened at like 100 or 150 million. I remember that part. And then Hagrid's thing yeah, now like overtook it. Like two, I think it may even be 300 million. But like, if we're just now getting to spending that much on it, I would think back then they would have been like, we spent so much money on this attraction. Please come. But maybe not. I, yeah, the, them being so hush-hush is very mysterious. Yeah, you wonder why. Yeah, and it could be that it did ultimately cost that much after, like, the breaking down stop, yeah. like, fixing, fixing, fixing. And if GM wasn't doing particularly great at the time, maybe they didn't want to... Advertise. Have put that on their books. Yeah, instead of, instead of doing stuff for their company, they're like, yes, we just gave $200 million yeah. Yeah. for this ride at Disney World. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that they, won't re- that they don't release the numbers. Right? So, yeah. All right, now we're at the ride. The ride is open. Expensive ride. This is one of the greatest attractions of all time. Like, the original version of this ride is perfection. People love it. Oh, my God. It is so good. It was a huge hit. Even the queue was fun. Like, I got excited to wait in that queue, and I think that's literally the only queue I've ever felt that way about. Uh... Yeah, I can't. I mean, I, I haven't been on it. I can't think of other ones that I would be excited about. So that's interesting. What, what was so cool about it? Well, the queue, the, the building was kind of designed to look very industrial from the outside. And then you would enter the queue. And the whole idea is that they're showing tests performed on cars mm. and parts before they'd be released. Oh, that's cool. So you would go through and you'd pass through like different tests, like tires, like what the, how they, you know, or car doors, um, how they do like radios. I mean, pretty much anything. And then there was a whole area of just like test dummies. And you would see like, this is a child test dummy. This is an adult test dummy. So it was kind of like you were getting a show in the queue. Um, you get to see like cool things yeah. while you're going through it. So that's, I like that. There was always this one part that I remember that it was a seat. Um, like just like a car seat mm-hmm. where your booty would go. And it was this robot thing that would just like go over the seat to practice the wear and tear of the cool. seat material. Uh-huh. And for some reason, that sticks in my head. I feel like I've seen commercials where they have that. Like, really? They're trying to like, sh- like look look how much we test things. Like, oh, we test so good. I remember that crash test dominies. Those were a thing back in the day. Like the, like an advertising tool. Yeah. That was cool. And like to show that like this is a safe vehicle. Yeah. And then we are now at the point where um, on Everest, now that that came up, mm-hmm. uh, instead of having a test dummy, they just had water jugs that were like <laughs> looked that were like the same weight and would move like right, a human. Right. Since we're mostly water anyway. Yeah, that's true. So at the end of this really cool queue, uh, you get uh, to a room, and it's going to be this briefing room where they're going to show you a video of automobile testing facilities and examples of tests they do. And this, you have a host. His name is Bill McKim. Is it a uh, like a live actor host, or is it like no, a, it's on a video. screen? Yeah, video it's on kind of it's cool. on screen. Um, the actor's name is John Michael Higgins, and he told the guests that they were going to be. Um, part of some of these tests because the test dummies, the crash test dummies were on strike. 
<laughs> I like that. I Isn't like that cute? That. Yeah. Um, John Michael Higgins, uh, he's someone that you would recognize. He is. He's like yeah. a famous actor. He's in Best in Show. He is uh, in Pitch Perfect. He's like one of the commentators on there. He's a comedian. Yeah. You, yeah if you have seen him in something, you probably liked him. He's a, He seems fun. Um, and that's cool that he's uh, in this attraction. Yeah, Disney used to get such like cool random hosts and all their stuff. Um, and then he has a technician. Her name is Sherry, and she's going to help you set up some of these tests. He's kind of picking. Oh well, we're going to we're going to do this one. We're going to go through this one. Small videos, kind of showing what each test is that you're going to experience as this um, crash test dummy. Since you know, right? Since they're they're, they're on strike, strike. And, and so we're scabs, effectively. Yeah, yeah we're crossing <laughs> that picket line. We're like, all right, like, we'll, yeah, we'll do just, it. Yeah, you know, sure. If they you don't have we to will. pay us, we'll just do it <laughs> for free. Um, and then um, he he decides. He's going to tell her to choose one final surprise test. Mm. And the video um, shows a car crashing into a barrier. Um, And you're like, "Uh uh-oh. Yikes. And then, right then, the door opens um, into... You're going to get in the queue. You're in I don't the, want to get on it. I just queue. saw they're going to do the test. We're going to crash me into the wall. Well, you know what? You, you feel too it. Too late. I'm too you're, far you're into You're too it. far okay. in it. You've committed. So now you go to your vehicle. And upon getting, so you get in your vehicle and it's set up like a car. You put on a seatbelt. Um, and it's a crossover body if you're on the left or right-hand side. And if you're sitting in the middle, it's just a like a center okay. around your belly. Yeah. Um, and so you start... Um, now you're on the attraction. This is the attraction. Thank now. you for the specifics, Kelly, yes. of how the seatbelts in different <laughs> seats uh, click in. I don't know why that's For all that. your seatbelt facts and more, <laughs> listen to Slice of Disney. That felt like an important detail. I don't know why. <laughs> in case you were and like, I totally just let it slide. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Wait, that's dumb. That's silly. Oh, whoops. Um, so now you are on the vehicle. You are in the attraction. And you start um, by going... And I, this is another weird thing I always that I think is weird about some of the attractions. They do this on Space Mountain in Florida, too. And in cars, where, like, you're kind of on the attraction for, like, 30 seconds before they, like, check to make sure your seatbelt is on. Okay. And I always think that's weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, on to more important things. Speaking of seatbelts, I've got a bone to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I would call the podcast is over. Let's just focus on this. Um, so you're starting to go up a hill and you're at the accelerated hill climb. And you kind of just go up a hill kind of quick for a minute. Sure. And then at the top of the hill. Important test. Important test. They test the car's suspension, um, which is tested over different types of road surfaces, including German and Belgian blocks and cobblestones. And so you're kind of like. like I thought that was really cool. I think it's neat that they have like different like surfaces from different parts of the world. Yeah. That's neat. I think these are all real tests that they do on cars. Oh, that's even cooler. Yeah. I don't think any of this is like made up. I yeah. think this is all real. Um, the next part is you, they test the car's anti-lock brakes, um, which I think mine are messed up right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good. Mm, whoops. Um, so next they test the car's anti-lock braking system. Um, it, it's turned off. And then first the car tries to navigate the course um, through the cones and they knock over a bunch in the process and mm-hmm. it's very like, I'm sure the sound effects are added, but it you know feels like, whoa. And then they're like, okay, now we're going to turn them on and we're going to do the same thing again. So you do it again and it's like, oh, wow. And it's like, and it 
locks and you feel safer. That's cool. I, yeah, I mean, that that actually seems legitimately neat. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I, I think it would be fun to actually try to drive a car with those in that kind of testing grounds. And experience what that's yeah, like. Yeah. 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 Um, and then at the end of that section of the test, guests are shown immediate replay video overlaying the difference so you can see what you just experienced. Nice. And then, you know, there's always people that are like, look, that's me, I'm on the screen. <laughs> um, and then the next part is that um, cars are brought into three environmental chambers. Yeah, this part I thought was interesting. So the first one is heat chamber, which features 192 heat lamps and makes the room 142 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. I is rem- it actually that hot? You're in there for so briefly, because I was thinking about it when I figured out how hot that is. I was like, oh my goodness. And it is, it's these red lamps that are kind of like all beaming on you. It's hot, but you're not in there for very long. Mm. So it would be hard to say. Yeah. You know, but apparently it is. That's how hot it is. But it's brief. One time I was uh, driving from Los Angeles to a little town called Las Vegas. And I was <laughs> so going there. I was going there Were after. you taking the five? I don't remember what I was taking. Uh, but I do remember on the way there, I got about like 30, 45 minutes out of town. And um, there was like a fire. And the uh, traffic was like stopped. And I was like, this feels dangerous because like it's really hot out mm-hmm. and there's like the cars can't move like and we're in the middle of the desert. And I was like, this uh, is this safe? I don't know. And I'm glad to know that they do uh, uh, they do heat chamber tests on cars. They make sure that, yes, you are safe. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, the next chamber they're going to do, which I want if you have any road trips in this temperature as well, let me know. I will. A, a cold chamber. Which chills the room to 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so this past winter. <laughs> now I got out of it. It snowed a lot when I was in Kentucky and my car was covered in snow. There you go. I, didn't drive, so. I actually did drive through that weather in yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Driving back from Georgia to LA. Um, yeah. And that's another one where it's a brief moment so it doesn't feel that cold. Yeah. You get a nice chill, but you know. It's, you're not in there long enough to feel any of these temperatures. Sure. Um, and then the last one is a corrosion chamber, which features these robots that kind of spray some yellow mist on you, and it smells kind of weird. Um, they, it's basically the exact same thing as in the Cars ride, where it's like the doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot, and they're painting you. And they, it smells the same. There's like a smell to me. I don't know. All right. Um, corrosion implies that it's like an acid. I'm glad that they they're not actually spraying acid yes, on you. Yes, that yeah. one is not as accurate yeah. as the temperature ones are. Okay. This is a fake one. Yeah. Um, the car, then uh, they have a handling car test. Okay. So what's, it, what's that look like? What are we so doing? So they climb up a set of hills with blind turns and increase the speed 10% every time. And so it would be like, and it was like this like nice British, 10%, 20%, 30%. And it's like, and you're going up the hills. And they kind of have like, the aesthetic of this ride was really attractive to me. It was really fun. Um, lots of like, yellow you know it felt like you're at a testing facility what, you, what colors you'd expect but in the attraction part of this like it was made to kind of look like you're on a cartoon road <laughs> like it would have uh if you were to draw a tree as a child and you have like the triangle with yeah, the yeah. you know a Cup, couple of triangles for sure yeah yeah that's kind of what it would look like interesting and so I, that feels like it's like taking you out of the uh no i i like it well no i'm glad that you do but it does feel like it's it's a little bit of a difference between like the pure testing and now it's like and now well i guess maybe the test chambers they, they want something visually interesting too that's what it feels like it feels like it's adding to the this is part of the testing. watch out there's a cartoon kid don't hit it <laughs> yeah. right 
Um, and so uh, at the top of the car mountains, mm-hmm. uh, you almost crash into an oncoming semi truck before you swerve out of the way. And it's like, I've ee, ee. seen that on cars. Cars. Yep. Radiator Springs Racers. Yep. And now the car is brought to a final test shown in the briefing room the barrier test. Oh, no. Um, probably while the test crash dummies went on strike. I didn't want to do this one. I was telling you. <laughs> it feels weird. Like you would turn the corner very slowly and then you would see, um, you know, it looks like a lab room with mm-hmm. some white boards and all that kind of stuff. And the car lines up perfectly across from the barrier and you're stopped. And then suddenly you accelerate and you go towards it and then bam, there's a big flash which takes your picture and then now you are speeding down the track and you are testing out your speed. What happened to the barrier? Well, luckily you were saved. By what? opening it opens. Oh, okay. So okay. like as this flash is happening, uh-huh. the doors open, it's door, you know, it opens really fast and it does it has like the like center like a bullseye center like you think you're going to crash into it and mm-hmm. it goes, Pew! that sounds cool and then you're speeding down nice and um you're like whoo and it, the pictures were always so much fun especially yeah like even if you've been on it a million times it really there was this adrenaline rush i of, bet like, there's like a visceral reaction to like i've never i've never experienced heading full speed on towards a wall even if i know that it's going to disappear yeah that's cool it, it was very fun but intense and then you you're laughing like riding down mm-hmm. this like speeding road and the the kind of loop track is goes around a employee parking lot um <laughs> very exciting <laughs> very cool you see cars um i'm sure some are gm cars and you would take a lap and then it turns at the max speed of 64.9 nice miles per hour um 104.6 kilometers per hour in case you are listening and you know kilometers better. Um, <laughs> and then you would return um, to the loading dock and it would do a thermal scan of your body to kind of just see like that adrenaline rush and how oh, okay. your body reacted to that. Huh. Um, and then you are back um, and you exit the ride, which even as we're exiting at school. Would you, uh, before we get to the exit, uh, okay. with the thermal scan, would you and your brothers compete to see you could have like the coolest... Like, I would, like, try to keep my, I'd try to be, like, as cool as a cucumber. So, be like, look, you're all red because you were, you got scared. <laughs> I'm like, ah, look at me, I'm blue. We didn't, but that would have been funny. That'd be we fun. would kind of, like, dance because, you know, you I'm can see your body, like, wee. Yeah. Um, that was, that was always a really fun, like, just addition that's entertaining you while you're waiting to get off the ride. Yeah. For a second. That's neat. Yeah, it's such... They really thought through, like, every step of this. Every single moment is so detailed, so nuanced. And, yeah, who thought that, like, a GM is making this attraction? You're like, oh, testing a car, how is that a cool attraction? It was amazing. I mean, it seems like a very, very fun ride. Oh, I loved it. And then and when you exited, it, you went through what looked like an assembly plant, like, all the parts moving on these conveyor belts, and it feels real. And then you end... At, uh, actually, not quite. You're almost to the end. Then you go through a showroom where you see all of GM's cars. Right. Here's the part where they're like, now would you like to buy a GM car? Yeah. And they do. It looks like a showroom at a dealership. Yeah. You know. But you have all these Disney employees that have to know all this stuff about the cars. And you can get in them and, you know, mess around just like you could at a dealership. What? That's very funny. Just the idea of like, <laughs> I want to get in that one and mess around. Well, I, th- I want to press the button. Oh, yeah, as a kid? I want to honk the horn. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure, when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, 
And of course, the actual end is a gift shop. Yeah. Featuring, a, you know, some test track stuff and some yeah. GM stuff. Because, you know, you go to Disney to buy some, like, GM products. I wonder how many t-shirts they sold, like, of GM stuff. I'm going to check the pop right now. Ooh, do it. Don't worry, guys. They have plenty of D, uh, plenty of test track things on Depop, but uh, nothing that's that cool. So you're good. Oh, we're not missing out. No. My brother had a really cute shirt. It was, it was like the you know Mickey and Goofy and stuff like riding in the car. I, I that one is on here. That one is a uh, guess how much? Thirty dollars. More. Forty. More. Fifty. More. Sixty. More. No way. Seventy. More. Oh my. You're growing up in too slow of increments. Keep going. Hundred. Keep going. Hundred twenty. Keep going. Hundred and fifty. Keep going. Hundred seventy-five. Even more. Two hundred. Two hundred dollars for a t-shirt. For a t-shirt, twenty have been sold. I don't know if they've been sold at two hundred dollars, but um, I'm assuming uh, you mean this one. And I'll, I'll. Yeah, that was the shirt. Yeah, it's a cool shirt. Wow. Depop is, uh, for anybody out there that doesn't know, uh, it is like an online thrift store where you can find like any type of like old school themed shirts that you might like. I think it's very cool. I've gotten some cool Kentucky stuff from it, but you re- it really ranges. You can find stuff that's like 10 bucks or you can find like if you're looking for shirts from the movie Armageddon by chance, uh, they're all like $200. So Wow. Again, this is not sponsored by Depop and will just not work for Depop. Just I just like it. Really it's fun to it. watch the stuff. <laughs> fun, to, fun to look at the things on there. Oh, man, that is wild. Well, I don't know how many they sold at the time, but I'm. Sh- seems like people liked them. Yeah. Um, this attraction, like, I don't even have enough words to tell you how big of a success it was. Yeah. Five minutes and 34 seconds of a ride. Good. That's a good length for a ride. Yeah. Um, and it won lots of awards, which also like helped the ride even more. And this helped Epcot in general. I mean, their numbers increased like a pretty good amount. I mean, there's a reason to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of the attractions, I think, you know, when it first opened, hadn't updated a lot of Epcot. So this was the first like a really big update that Epcot had. But, and this was the first Epcot thrill ride. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this kind of started a whole new generation of Epcot attractions. And Rutro, we decided we're looking for a change. So things like Journey into Imagination, Universe of Energy, Horizons, they all closed down. Mm. Like pretty quickly. Yeah. After this attraction came out. And all of these um, were educational and had entertaining aspects. But the tech from the 80s made them feel very dated very I bet, quickly. I bet especially compared to the potentially two to three hundred million dollar uh test oh, track yeah. yeah so they decided that they needed all these attractions um to get a little bit of an upgrade and mm. what's funny is that the attraction that started all of this innovation aka like it's real rides and stuff for mm-hmm. young cool kids in the park um was kind of the same thing that led to its demise so well what do you mean well because the version i just described does not exist anymore oh this amazing, I wanted to go on it. Uh, I know. I I would love to go back on it. Um, but GM and Disney's contract was set to expire in 2009 because it opened in 1999. Mm-hmm. And just like in 1992, Disney's doing great. But GM is struggling yeah, financially. Not a, not a great time for the U.S. automotive industry it uh, is those not. few years. No. And so they had to be saved by a lot of like controversial government loans and guarantees and mm-hmm. all this stuff that people were like, GM, bad job by you. Um, so they were not able to commit to a long-term 
a contract again, and they went back to the year-to-year situation. But January 6th, 2012, it was announced that Disney and GM had agreed on a new sponsorship deal um, with one more condition. Keep adding those conditions. What is it? Test Track would close for eight months and completely get redone. Oh. Again. Okay. Even though I don't think anything was wrong with it. Like, I don't think anyone would look at it and be like, this is a dated concept even now. But I wonder why they uh, wanted to, to refurb it then. I wonder if it was like, if Disney was like, listen, we want to put a little less emphasis on GM. Or maybe they were like, we, I don't know, what, what how they refurb it. It seems like it was a GM decision. They okay. were like, you know, if we're going to put more money, we want a new attraction. Uh, oh, always with the new attractions. Yeah. So what they did... Uh, after 13 years of beautiful wonderfulness, mm-hmm. test track closed April 15th, 2012. And soon, the uh, barriers were placed along the walkways and you would wave from afar, but you could not go to the ride. No. Um, but don't worry, because if you're really sad about test track and you're like, oh, this like barriers are so annoying and not cute. We're going to put a show in front of this barrier to entertain you while you cannot go on test track. Well, that's a great way to make sure no one notices that it's closed. (laughs) Instead, let's draw attention to the barriers with a show. This I did not know about, and I have now found YouTube videos, and we are going to play a clip for you. Um, It's called the Test Track All-Stars, and it would be in front of the what was the main entrance, um, and it... Closed down December 4th, 2012. Oh my gosh. Like, they, they were like, all right, never mind. So the Test Track All-Stars was an acapella group of people dressed in, like, nice clothing with white lab coats carrying around random auto body stuff that they would, like, hit sometimes to make noise. Um, <laughs> Just like you do in a lab. You know. And, yeah, it they all, their whole shtick is that they all are GM employees or Chevrolet because now the new attraction is going to be very Chevrolet heavy. Oh, so that must be why they like, that's what part of the rebrand was like. We want to go to like an individual brand. Yes. Okay. And so uh, they were like, we just work here. And like, it'd be like, I'm a seatbelt specialist. I work in HR, but here we just sing acapella and entertain you on our breaks. Hey, I got an idea why GM may not be doing so well. It's because all your employees are off in <laughs> Disneyland singing songs. Disney World, I guess, but singing songs. Get to yep. work. I gotta get to work. Um, okay, let's play like a really quick bit just because it's funny. Yeah, I don't know why Disney thought that was a good idea. And as the performers, I'd probably be like, really? This is what I have to do? My friends over being Belle in MGM or Hollywood Studios, whatever it was at the time, and I'm stuck in a lab coat singing Ease On Down the Road, like... Or any car, all the songs were like car related songs. That's funny. I do wonder, we we, we talked with uh, one of your friends who did play Belle uh, at some point yes. um, as a princess. And, uh, you know, I, I do wonder, like they had to go through a pretty um, strict audition process, learn how the characters walk and talk and things like that. I do wonder if they had that same kind of thing for these test track all-stars. Like, nah, I'm thinking the person from HR should be a little bit more stuffy, should, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you want to present yourself this way when you're singing the song. Like, yeah, Great. Gosh, who knows? Meet the characters. Oh, that would be a fun character meet and greet. 
Yeah, the characters. The test track all stars. Yes, <laughs> test track. Uh, well, while this is going on, the big thing that was going on behind those barriers is that GM Motors was switching instead of just being like GM. It was General Motors Chevrolet. Oh, I see. So we did. We're yeah. all. This is all going to be Chevrolet now. Um, and now the one thing that's good is they didn't change the track. They didn't change the cars. I mean, they made them blue instead of like white with black and yellow. But it's all. It's going to be the same. It's just the story is going to be completely redone. Mm. So instead of entering an industrial testing lab, you now enter the Chevrolet Design Studio at Epcot. Okay, so you're like design. Okay, interesting. So you're like designing. You design a car. car. So the the new idea is that you design your own futuristic vehicle and test your sim car, like simulator car, mm-hmm. um, your sim car on the course and see how the concept car does. Um, the queue is like pretty boring now, which a- is so lame. It's just like a regular looking queue instead of. That's lame. I, I mean, I, I understand like rebranding and adding things or changing things, but I don't see like taking away things. That doesn't make much sense to me. It's because it's like sleek and cool. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm a little confused on your testing your sim car on the course. Uh, are you designing the car as a group? So what is going to happen is once you get through like the just queue part, when mm-hmm. you get a little closer to the ride, instead of having a video where, you know, like we had the guy telling you what test you were going to do. Yeah. Instead you go in and there's a bunch of screens and either you as an individual or you as two people, it kind of just depends on how they couple you up or whatever. You build a car on this computer screen and um, it's going to test for the tests that you're going to do on the actual track are the things that you are paying attention to when you're building your sim car uh-huh. and it's going to be capability efficiency responsiveness and power and so you're designing like okay i want this motor i want these tires i want do your choices affect your like, experience on the on... no oh okay okay the that, act... that's the part that i was confused about oh okay yeah 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 the actual ride itself everyone in the car is experiencing the same thing i see but you're building your own car to get okay. on it and then you use your magic band or if you don't have a magic band you get a little like card yeah and then you're going to scan it before you get on the actual ride so that it knows like which cars you designed okay cool i mean not as cool but sure why not yeah basically it's going to be instead of like you know going through these testing floors of your vehicle you're just going to like now get in a digital sim car that it, it just looks like tron it's like very tron i did actually see that on youtube where i, I, I watched that one i was like i i legitimately thought it was tron um yeah it looks like tron yeah it's crazy it's um, cool though it's not tron yeah um i mean it did look cool I, I i do think i would if you're asking me which one i'd prefer to go on it'd probably be the og but it did look cool it you know it's visually was interesting it's very Tron-y. i don't know if there's yeah. any other way to describe it so you get in you know you're gonna go it's the same kind of test you test those four things that i named capability efficiency responsiveness and power um the beginning of your capability test starts with the onstar which is like that Great. GM, yeah, like more OnStar. Yeah. yeah, that's like, we're going to protect you. Um, and so you can be safe and stuff. And then one of the things that is cool is as you go through the series of tests, there's screens kind of at each section that will show you how your car is competing with the other cars in your vehicle. Mm. So then you can be like, oh, well, mine was better with efficiency or mine's better with power. Um, I feel like my brother's is always like really powerful. Oh, all Mine's the like power. always like really efficient because you have to balance in order to get the highest score. Like all things in life, hey. requires balance. Yes, it's just 
that's how life is as I drink my tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and this track, Test Track 2.0, its grand opening would take place December 6, 2012. It really was a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Um, and supposedly it cost $60 million. To like refurb. Yep. That's, that's still a lot. A lot of money. Yeah. And it's basically like everything is black with like some bright like neon, neon lightings and stuff. Light, yeah. yeah, or like yeah. digital overlays that kind of go as you're moving. Um, and it was mixed with some, it was hit with, and it was hit with some mixed reviews. Um, it's still test track. You know, people, it's still Test Track. People love Test Track. Yeah. But it's not quite the hit they had with the original. Yeah, it's still a fun concept, but like, yeah, doesn't, I'm sure. Like, I think that uh, the thing that probably was really fun about Test Track was probably not the specific motions that the car takes and probably more the interaction and feeling like you're helping test and you're learning and that kind of stuff. Whereas this feels like it's a little bit more like abstract. Yeah, Um, that's a... 100% 100% so, right. Sure, fun. Yeah, the motions are fine, but it's not going to give me that extra level of enjoyment. The way I look at it is that the first version is very whimsical and humorous, kind of like they wanted the motion, world of motion yeah. attraction to be. Um, it was really fun, you know? And then this new one is just, like, drawn. It's very serious. Mm. Like, the the fun and silliness of the first one is completely taken out, and it's more like, here's a look at the future of cars with Chevrolet. Great. And here's what we can do. Because we are thinking about all of these things to make you the best car for the future. Well, I'm happy for him, I guess. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I have a little bit of a negative Nancy attitude about it, if you can't tell. The first version was just so wonderful, and I still have a soft spot for it. And it doesn't feel like this new version only came out in 2012. It feels like it was even more recent, but it wasn't. Um, but it's still such an amazing ride, no matter what. You're you're gonna enjoy yourself. Yeah, I yeah that it. I will say like it seems like it's moved from being a I should like if I ever do go to Disney World, um, I'm not as if. like yeah. This will probably not be the one I have to go check out immediately. Now I'm sure at some point if I'm there for a couple of days I will get to it. Uh, but it seems like the OG one I'd probably be like I gotta do that. That sounds super fun. I think and now you have cars, which right. is the same type of vehicle. Yeah. So. You know, and it's such a good story. And we'll we'll definitely do that attraction still. You but promise. To, I promise. Okay. But we had to get here first. Um, I do think that there are some, like, random cool facts about this. That they're not... Because they didn't really do, like, all that Hidden Mickeys or anything, I don't think. Not quite Hidden Mickeys. And we're but, only going to focus on the ride that's currently out. We're not going to sure. talk about the Hidden Mickeys from the previous one. Because you can't go on it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, some of the things that I think are kind of cool is the second test that you perform uh, is an aerodynamic test on the vehicle. And finally, some hyper-spectrum imaging takes place. Cool. Very fancy. And on the screen, guests can spot a WED performance text inscripted into one of the tires in honor of WED. Uh, so, oh, so, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that the, makes sense. The OG name for the Imagineers. <laughs> we put WED on here to honor WED. We put WED yeah, on here oh, to honor... Yeah, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, for those who wouldn't know that WED was the original name, it's probably goes by the wayside, but yeah, if you know, you know, um, the third test responsiveness, um, the SIM car accelerates around hairpin turns and laser projected trees instead of having the like other trees I described, but they're the same shape. It's just now that they're like 
It's Tron, so they're it's Tron. lasers. Yeah. Um, and these trees, um, along the way, there's a sign that says, turn right to go left, which is a quote from Cars. Oh, cool. I know. Yeah. I'm excited to look for that next time. Um, and the final test is the power test, which is where you do the, you know, outside big, you know, we we yeah. so fast. Uh-huh. Um, Did that change much? Did that like no, get rethemed? Gotcha. Yeah. It's just instead of it being like a shocking, scary, oh, am I going to make it? Oh, now I'm speeding. Yeah. You just know you're. You're just going to. Yeah. You know you go fast. Gotcha. Um, it's like pink. Power is pink. Because each one has like a color. So as you go through it, it's like, this is neon pink. Efficiency is guess what color. Oh, I see. Uh, green. Yeah, nice. you got it. Nice. <laughs> um, and so as you're accelerating through, oh, this is saying it's purple. I don't know. It's like a purple pink. Magenta, if you will. Um, <laughs> I will not. <laughs> um, as you're going towards this like wall with the rides logo on it, the door split open. And as you are getting outside, there's a sign with the number 82 just before and uh, followed by another one with a futuristic city pictured on it that says, um, with a reference, because that's like to a world of motion. Mm-hmm. And 82 is the original year of Epcot opening. And oh, world gotcha. Of I was wondering what that 82 was about. I got yes. It. And then it accelerates a little more along this like straightaway way um, across Avenue of the Stars as guests get their pictures taken. That's another part. You're like, well, now I'm just outside getting my picture taken. You don't get like the shock pictures. Mm. Um, Avenue of the Stars is also in, like, Los Angeles. I think that's funny. Sorry. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I've, been, I've been I've been down that street. And then um, guests uh, will see a second sign that pays tribute to World of Motion. Um, this time it's going to be a logo with FN2, B-F-R-E. And I think that's, like, fun before. Or fun to be free. That's what it is. It's referencing. It's, like, the initials, like, if, as if it were, you know, like a, a vanity plate. Yeah. That are would be fun to be free, which gotcha. is referencing. I was trying to figure out yeah. what it was. It's referencing the ride um, World of Motion's theme song. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Neat. Those are some fun little hidden Easter eggs. Yeah, little gems that you yeah. can have um, and look for on your Tron <laughs> attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we've, we've gone long on this one. I think it's been great. I've enjoyed learning all about it. Um, but we got to do our questions before we wrap up. Oh, okay, so okay. So maybe lightning round questions. Boom, I'm ready. Um, where does this one fit in your day? Is it an every time? Well, it's, a, it's an every time attraction because if I'm going to Disney World, it is so much fun. No matter what, it's really great. Um, you want to do it. Where in the day? Uh, totally dependent on when the wait time is best, which is usually like morning or late at night. But it honestly, this is a ride. It's always going to be over an hour. Yeah. It's I was, always over an hour. Uh, that makes sense, which leads to the obvious question, obvious answer to the next question. If you're on your way out of the parks and you're like, ah, uh, 10 minute wait, should I, should I go on it? Heck yes. You run and you go on that attraction. It does have a single rider. Um, okay. And it used to have Fast Pass, but we got rid of Fast Pass. One day, I need to do like a rant on this Genie Plus stuff. Um, we'll have some rants for another day. That sounds great. Last question. Yes. What would you change um, about the Tron one? Uh, you can't change it back. Oh, man. That's the well, that, answer. But well, how can you try to like get a little bit more enjoyment out of it? I think that the queue part of designing your own ride is super fun. And I do love that part. And yeah. it is fun to have the competition with your siblings or your friends, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I don't just love, like, I think it needs more storyline. Yeah. The storyline's completely gone. Yeah. And I like the fun of it and the silliness of it. And I get you want to be like serious and I'm Chevrolet and we're fancy or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, no, I like, I like the fun. I would like the more humoristic part. Like, I like the part that you think you're going to slam into a wall and you're not. That yeah. kind of part. I think that part seems a lot, like a lot of fun. That's the part that I would like for them to go back to, too. Um I think if I had to change it, having not been on either of the rides, I would say let's make it a spaceship. Oh, why not? Let's okay. go. Let's go throw some. Well, then we're just getting spaceship Earth, not spaceship Earth. Then we're just getting Space Mountain in there. Um, let's throw some like <laughs> if it's gonna be Tron futuristic, like give me some aliens that come out of anywhere. My basically my go to now is like if can I add a xenomorph to this ride? If so, oh my god, <laughs> I want it to be added. Um, Maybe I just really want to go on extraterrestrial alien encounter, and that's what I'm really getting at. Yeah, well, you know, when 2012, so in 20, next year, 2022, their sponsorship will be up. We'll see what they do, maybe, because every time they want to get more futuristic, maybe it will be a spaceship. Ooh, I, so, I hope so. <laughs> I'm so excited. That uh, would get me there. Oh, my God. Um, this is a super fun attraction, and if you get a chance, go on it. It is a little bit of a more of a thrill attraction, but it's family-friendly. Um, not too scary. You know, you're gonna, it's a good time. It's a great time. I, I do vividly remember not going on two rides, I think, the last time I went to Disney, and it was this one and Extraterrestrial. Um, and they've been, maybe different years, but, like, I have that memory. And this is one that I'm like, oh, I wish I would have gone on. I think I would have had a good time. Yeah. Extraterrestrial, I was smart not to go on, but. Yes. Yeah. But now you're ready. Now I'm ready. Now you're a big as boy. A, as a 35-year-old man, I think I'm finally <laughs> ready for that children's, uh, play. Um. Oh, no. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening on this rooming adventure. Yeah. And check out uh, more of Test Track All-Stars. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'll try to throw the link in the in the show notes. Um, but you should have heard a clip in here, too. So. Yes. Um, and if you want to, check us and love us as much as we love you. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, all the wonderful things wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, and you can check out all of our social stuff, all the other stuff we do online, um, just by going to SliceOfDisney.com. We mentioned it a couple times. We have a Patreon. We're doing a lot of cool stuff with that. We're watching Cars this uh, month. We're, we're also doing a Survivor night just because Will loves Survivor so much that we're going to do like a Zoom with yeah, everyone and watch fun. Survivor. <laughs> yeah, so uh, having a lot of fun with that. So feel free to check those out. Um, or, you know, hit us up uh, through the various channels of communication you can find on SliceOfDisney.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at Slice of Disney and on Facebook at Slice of Disney and on Twitter at Slice underscore of underscore Disney. I think that's all the things. I think that's most of them. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. We're very excited. We're headed into uh, the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. We are headed into the spooky month. Yeah, our favorite month. Love talking about the spooky things. So lots of fun things to look forward to. Um, Make sure to continue coming back because we love you. Okay, bye.